You ready, Robbie? Yeah, I'm ready. Ready, born ready. Fuck this donkey. Greetings, glorious humans, gentle ladies, ladmen, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Devolver Digital Forecast. Hi, I'm JM. And I am uh, called Robbie. And so he is. This is the uh, this is our forecast. This is our podcast. We're, we both work at Devolver Digital, an independent video game publisher. Uh, and every week we come on and we give cooking tips and advice. That's why it's called the forecast. Uh, and this week, we've got some really special guests with us, don't we, Robbie? We do, yeah. Um, we've got two of our friends joining us, uh, who long-time Devolver fans may know for uh, various games that they've worked on with us. Uh, they may also recognise some of the... Oh no, hang on, I've got my words mixed up. They might know one of them from our... The internet? From the internet, from our merch, from our t-shirts that he designed. Uh-huh. Oh, our logo. Our logo is uh, is a drawing by one of the men. By Terry Vellman. <laughs> Terry Vellman, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, I was stalling. I forgot his name, so I had to figure Terry. that out. Terry. I just said it. It's Terry. Terry oh, yeah, 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 it's Terry. Hi, did I, I Robbie, make the stop logo? talking. I didn't make the logo for the yeah, podcast. Did. I did. <laughs> yeah, two years yeah. ago. We, we just recycle your shit over yeah, and over again. We've stolen oh. your intellectual property uh, and used it to our own ends. I missed that. Maybe I just didn't notice. But uh, oh well. And Which folks one may it? recognize I... it's it's Fork Parker sitting at the desk smoking. Oh, He's got, right. like, the big yeah, okay. money symbol in the air. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. And uh, folks may recognize our other guest from his prolific career as a musician. Welcome, Doze One. Hi, guys. Hi, Doze. Welcome to my house. How is it? Oh, it's, it's a beautiful. very nice house. You're the first people I've had over in fucking months. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. They almost didn't let us come over because I've got this runny nose and cough. That's right. Does it get in your coffee? It does. How it runny does. is it? Okay. Yeah. But I make my coffee too strong anyway, so it, it helps. Man, I should have made coffee for this. You guys, oh, I forgot. See, that's what you I've got a cup of tea on the go, so I'm going to not talk about coffee anymore. No more free. coffee talk. All right. I can talk about my cup of tea. Will that help? Yeah, I don't like What is your cup of tea, Robbie? My cup of tea is delicious. You can hear me slurping away. It's in an orange mug. And, yeah. And uh, it is. So just so you all know, um, if you're ever making a cup of tea, a proper cup of tea um and you put wait 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 what is a proper cup of tea a proper cup of tea is ideally um uh using yorkshire tea Mm. so yorkshire tea bags you can probably buy them on the internet i don't know is that a colonialist china is that a colonialist tea it is yes it's only only the most colonialist okay good (laughs) is available in my house anyway so yorkshire tea um, and you brew it for a couple of minutes, and then uh, when you put your milk in, it should be the exact same shade as He-Man. Oh, and then, mm. uh-huh. there you go, and then you know you've got the perfect cup of tea. Not fake or 
You don't like that blue team. <laughs> no, not Grizzlaw. Not Sneakor. He was just carpet. They just put carpet on the guy. Mossman was Moss amazing. Man. He smelled good though, yeah. Oh, he smelled like grandma. <laughs> Anyway, so my cup of tea is uh, oh. indie games, weird artistic indie games Ooh. that Ooh. have a real style, a real sense of their own style. Do we have any of those happening? Um, well, funny you should mention that because these fine gentlemen that we find ourselves on the phone with today, sorry, in Dose's house we're with today, mm-hmm. um, have released a new game and it's called Sludge Life. You probably, yeah, I know. It's that one. <laughs> that one that was always coming out tomorrow. It's out today. Tomorrow, it's tomorrow. And tomorrow and tomorrow. It's not out tomorrow anymore. It's out today. On... It will be out tomorrow as well, Robbie. Oh, that's It'll true. be out every day. It'll actually be out consecutively for all the tomorrows there are. Starting, <laughs> oh, wow. starting today. For those few tomorrows we have left on this earth. Oh, wow. Oh, I mean, we'll yep. make, the mo- <laughs> make the most of all of your tomorrows with Sludge Life. It's free. While it's supplies free. last on tomorrows, yes. this is mm-hmm. available for all the tomorrows. Ugh. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. Can't get sued putting that on the box. <laughs> Boom. It has a box. Mm, didn't we do box art for Twitch? Oh yeah, we did. <laughs> One of my favorite requests. So, how does uh, it feel? How does it feel to be finally uh releasing Sludge Life? Terry. Oh, man. Um it feels incredible <laughs> to finally have our baby out. Yes, it's been overdue for weeks now. We're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And we had to make the decision to split the release from PC to Switch, uh, uh-huh. from the Switch version, which is still happening. It just, is. Yep. Um, still worked on by the team, the the porting team. They're... We don't have so, a date for it, but it's coming out for sure. Yeah. Your code was just, Terry made. Hmm? Your code, Terry's code was just too powerful. It's just a little right. extra work. Yeah, let's go, with that. Team let's, of let's go with that. Let's go with that. Yeah, needed experts. <laughs> Power coding. So, power coding. So what is the, uh, would you guys like to tell us about Sludge Life and what it is for those who haven't seen it yet? Oh, man. We've written it so, a lot. Yeah. So you just walk around, explore this world, and tag every spot that you can find. And talk to a bunch of people and do dumb shit all around. Excellent. That's something. Yeah. By tag, you mean graffiti tag, yeah? Graffiti tagging, yeah. It's a real-life simulator. And the people talk at you, not to you, like real life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you don't respond, really. And it doesn't matter, just like real life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the graffiti is all about this sort of, you know, Terry wanted to make this FPS with no gun after high hell. And yeah. then... Once he started making that, the tagging, climbing, scaling all of the things in an environment that you can scale because you can tag them sort of just became this like perfect Darwinian mechanic. And then Mm -hmm. Terry sent it to me. It was called Sludge World, right, T? 
Yeah, it was. Okay, it was Sludge World. It was like took us about a calendar year of working together to finish it, right? And how long were you working on it before that? About a year. About a year. Yeah. And then we just waited a bunch of weeks to know, to release, because, you know, you got to go through all the marketing trailers Mm -hmm. and polishing. Vocalization. Yeah. Vocalization. We had to have a lot of, like, really heated arguments and boring conversations about things like Twitch box art. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And trailers. I did make an advert, though. Oh, did yeah. You see, did you see my my fun advert for sludgelife.com? You're beautiful. I mean, everyone yeah. saw it. Yeah. Yep. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone. It's yeah. all over the internet. <laughs> You're like the Sebastian Bach of Devolver. Oh, if only. Yeah. That's like my dream. Porcelain man. <laughs> it is cool, though. It just, it very much inspired me to get creative in my isolated world. And uh, and and make something, do a bit of DIY, which I feel is very much in keeping with the spirit of Sludge Life. Yeah, there's Hell this yeah. crazy thing where it's like Sludge Life. We even saw it at um, the PAX, where it's like, if you're curious, you're gonna bump into some curious shit in Sludge Life. If you're not <laughs> curious, there's no fucking manual, and you're gonna like look around and stare at the floor. So it's. There's something about it where I think this is a good time for people. Hey, hopefully curiosities are up since everyone yeah. is indoorsy I mean, by design. Yeah. Our goal was if someone is curious and is exploring, they're going to find stuff that they will find interesting, be it mm-hmm. just scene or a character or some kind of interaction. Um, it's okay. not going to be for everyone, but if they're curious and they're exploring, we want to just sprinkle this world with interesting things. I feel like playing the game is a lot like, like sometimes I'm playing other games and there's there's a place where I want to get to and I can't, like, I don't think the designers necessarily wanted me to get there, but I'm going to try to, like, do whatever I can to, like, you know, cross this very narrow ridge to get to this area before I'm supposed to be there. And I feel like for me playing Sludge Life, it's kind of, that's that's how I'm supposed to move around this world mm-hmm. is to kind of, like, creep along to get somewhere I'm not supposed to be to tag something with graffiti. And that's yeah. about that curiosity mechanic, which doesn't exist in Terry's power code. <laughs> it <laughs> exists in the mind of the user, you know? Yeah. But I mean, it, it's also, we can pull it off with this game because we don't have combat or we don't have like this narrative that you got to progress through. Since mm-hmm. it's so free in its theme, it allows us to be open-ended with the level design as well was that was that different in designing the levels because the two developer games you've published have been heavy bullets and high hell yes which were both linear first person shooters that did have guns Mm -hmm. yeah how was that different kind of designing for this oh completely different because you got to design the levels thinking about how the player is going to move so the combat flows well and you know the the enemy ai the levels also got to work well with them and everything else. And this one is like, no, fuck it. You just move around, just make the the level and, you know, the the different areas seem interesting. And that was it. So it was freeing in a lot of ways. Although you do kind of miss the the easy linear path 
when you're playtesting, it's just so much easier for the player to just follow, you know, instructions. But um, yeah. at the same time, it's it's fun when, when it clicks for people the way it is now. Did you find it difficult to kind of, uh, like, when, like, scoping it out, like, was the temptation to just keep adding more and more and more stuff? Or, or were you kind of, like, pretty strict with yourselves around... Like okay, this this is how far we'll take things. This is the size of the the world or whatever. So making this game was like a terrible idea from a business <laughs> from a terrible man. Yeah, because it took us like, well, we just said it like over two years, and it's hard to justify for this kind of project to spend two years on it. Like mm. financially speaking, it's probably not going to work out. We got lucky with the with Devolver being so interested in it and people being excited and getting the deal with AppKit and, you know, the Switch port. That was amazing because we were not, we were kind of expecting to release these and finding a niche and that being it, like, commercially not really counting on it being a big thing. Yeah. But it worked out great and it was amazing. And I originally was going to spend six months on it. So... That did not work out at all. No. <laughs> Clearly. And then whenever you have me on the team, you're guaranteed to know the ceiling of what you can't put in the game because I constantly ask Terry if we can put shit in the game that is impossible <laughs> would, to go in the game. What are some of the things that you wanted to put in that were completely... Oh, man. I talked about, feasible. like, running from clops. Uh, I talked about a buff... We had this, that, that was actually the one idea that almost made it, uh, yeah. but time kind of stopped it was having a, like a buff jerk is what you call a dude who paints over your tags for the city. So having like glug buff jerks, but then, <laughs> and they would like go over certain tags if you didn't meet a time requirement. But then we realized the whole strike aspect of no one working, like why I don't, there was just something about, yeah. also technically the, the characters are pretty static in the world yeah they don't really you know move around and that kind of thing it's just the system wasn't in there and it was part of my idea of keeping the scope in check yeah um so that was like against it and it was really late into the project and i we almost we were like at some point like let's do it but then it was like just a whole bag of problems and we scrapped but it. more then, power code you know the but, um everyone staying in place though is what inspired me to write from like what if this was west philly in the 90s as a zelda village where like mm. whenever you go to this house this old idiot's there and she needs you to get the kookaburras and the fucking pen <laughs> or whatever you know so these people don't really want shit from you but like what i just kept thinking like if i'm really in a city and i go up to this dude smoking sitting by a warping machine and i bother them what are they going to say to me? You know, like, <laughs> mm -hmm. and if I go into, I walk into this office, there's a woman reading while she's in front of machinery and I bother her. What's, you know, it's like, so it just became a, this whole like, um, world that welcomes you, but is also like, um, I don't know. It's curious. Cause it like, no one's happy. But they're yeah. funny. But they're funny somehow. You know. I really like. I, I really like when you were talking about the fact that kind of um, making the decision to have all the characters be 
static basically i really liked it because i i liked that it emphasized the fact that you were the only person who was like just fucking around <laughs> trying yeah. to do stuff like because everyone else is just kind of doing nothing with their lives like that's yeah. just everyone is just kind of stood around going well this sucks and you're like yeah. well no fuck that i want to go and i don't know break stuff or just like sling some art up or you know yeah. explore you just want to do something you want to find something to do like that's kind of like how i played it like that was my little role yeah. play when i was playing <clears> it. it was like oh man like yeah like this place sucks i've got to like do whatever i can to entertain myself yeah because um, yeah. you you don't have to do anything you don't have to tag any spots you don't have to smoke any cigarettes you don't have to part you don't have to do anything but you, you hear that kids you don't have to smoke cigarettes that's right <laughs> you don't. last just like in real life you don't it will make you, you look cooler, but I will yeah. say you do have to fart though. You should definitely fart. Yep, and flip or flip. Did you figure out the flip mechanic when you're? In no, the I don't think so. So when you're in the air, uh, F is a flip. You can do a flip. Yeah, it's for fart it. or flip. Oh wow! I didn't yeah. know that. You can do it on the glider while gliding. You can fart flip. Gives you a little push. Wow! You really have thought of everything. Yeah, mechanics. <laughs> Power code. Glad that got in. <laughs> yeah. Of all the things that were cut, I'm glad that... Well, I so that was probably my favorite thing about how Terry and I worked on this, which I is actually completely unique to all the other games that I have ever worked on, um, is that Terry would push things into the build, and I would go see them, and I would be inspired by them. And then I would write what they say, or ask Terry if it could be like this, but different. You know what I mean? And so it was this, like, a true, usually the work in progress thing, like when we work on Disc Room, it's like a boss, or it's um, it's very different things. In this, there was like, the um, the mood is what we were work in progressing. Uh, mm. as we went back and forth on this game, this game that we were like slowly collaging uh, everything together once it felt fun to hit yeah. buttons in it. And one one thing led to another, right? You do a character yeah. and then you thought, hey, maybe this other character could be complaining about the character that you already had in the world somewhere else or mm -hmm. just something. And then things would start linking and that was interesting because the player could experience it in different ways just because they'll find the character before the other and it's not linear, so we don't have control over that. That that was kind of cool. And that was just really organic in the way it went down. Yeah, I, I definitely had a lot of fun just kind of finding random characters or stumbling into strange situations and then and then sort of like working backwards and being like, why is this... Uh, is this why is this like snake in the toilet or whatever? <laughs> it's a snake, yeah. I can't remember. That's unusual. And then I sort of like made it my mission to go and find out why that was there, if there was even a reason. Like it right. didn't necessarily need a reason, but then I sort of. Um, did you find it? I did, yeah. You did. And then it was like, um, the hardest part was actually designing for the the players that wanted to go through it like a completionist, like a video game player that wants to find all the tags and wants to see everything. Yeah. That was the most challenging because suddenly you got you gotta have to make a bit of sense in that end. 
Yeah, and the story had to connect there as well. So, and that was challenging for Terry and I, who both didn't want to like write that shit out. You know, yeah. like, the bad man came and the good man came, and then the middle part happened. Right. You know, so <laughs> there was this like we just tried to make this thing that kept us still define it, but also told you visually, um, even though we had dialogue as well. You know, told you visually like where shit is at you know yeah also when it's like serious work i don't really want to do it when it's like dumb shit i'm like yeah let's (laughs) (laughs) yep pet the dog mode in before i asked everything is yeah (laughs) so let's talk about double because i actually have a question for terry so terry the first time i saw it was, I think, before you shared, the first thing I ever saw from Sludge Life was you tweeted a, sky, a smoking animation. And then the next thing I saw was Double Butthole Cat, and you think the tag was oops. That you... All right, yeah. Now, was that actually an accident where you, like, clicked too fast an and yep. duplicated the butthole? Yeah, so when you're modeling... <laughs> when you're modeling it's common to uh, split the the model in half and just mirror it so if you change mm-hmm. one thing on the side it does it on the other side like for a character especially so I was modeling the cat and when I was adding the textures the butthole was offset a bit so it doubled the butthole <laughs> see, see what I'm saying <laughs> like complete blacks and I was like oh you know you really loved it you accidentally then, created this genetic freak. Yeah. Uh, then we added it to the game, but it was like not a big thing. It was just no. a, a cat with two buttholes. And then the Volver was thing. really into it. And then we, <laughs> we pushed yeah. it just because the Volver was Parker. Yeah. Loved it. I think, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what you mean is Nigel saw it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, saw a double butthole and cat and lost and his goddamn mind. And then we built mind. the entire marketing campaign around it. <laughs> yeah, no, but great. even before you signed it, you know, like, he didn't even know there was a game attached to the double yeah, butthole just... cat until like a month ago. <laughs> he, right. he was like, "Where's the double butthole cat game?" And we were like, "What? Where's <laughs> life, dude? It's about tagging." But yeah, I mean, not that, it. not that we minded. It was great. Yeah, yeah and it was kind of. And then one of my favorite double butthole cat Easter eggs is if you notice in the litter box, there's a little equal sign duty. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw that. <laughs> so next time you play, try you know take a second to figure that out. And then actually at the end, Terry and I had multiple threads where we both we weren't being hard on ourselves, but there was like an energy to it where we're like, man, this is like really everyone really likes this double butthole cat, but we're not really making enough of it in the game. <laughs> so then we made it that it's the new internet phenomenon. And it was replacing, <laughs> yes. It's replacing the talking cat who was the big shit on the island. Yes. But he's now salty since Double Butthole Cat came <laughs> So. <laughs> it's so good. It's true to life. Well, maybe now it's gonna, like, that might be reflected in the real world. Maybe Double Butthole Cat will become an explosive video game meme. I hope Literally. so. Yeah. Because <laughs> honestly, like, the butthole is just... I'm going to throw this out there. I know it's risky. It is underrepresented in video games. 
That's and true. I'm not talking about doing weird things with it, but how many buttholes are there in video games? And we have two on one animal. Yeah. And it's, it's a cat. infinitely more butthole than more game, yeah. most games. Well, the I world's always... embarrassed. It doesn't want to render its butthole. I always, in, enjoyed, in a... I always enjoyed the buttholes in genital jousting, actually. Yes. Mm. That's true. Those were good. They were good buttholes. Because you could interact with those as well. Yeah, that's ours aren't there, that high five. Th- there is a pig's butthole in The Witcher 3. Awesome. Oh. I was thinking, and the I camera, can't think of other ones. There's a scene where this village gets turned into pigs and you're talking to one of them. And the camera is a low angle towards Geralt and the pig is standing right in front. And it is just, the left side of the screen is just pig butthole. Uh, yeah, but Only one though. The thing about cats though, you, you got to... You, you just see their buttholes all the time. Like, they're yeah. shoving their buttholes. <laughs> that's what, that's, yeah. <laughs> they do flaunt them. Yeah, you can pretend that you're not looking, but you're looking at it. <laughs> they point it directly at you and just yeah. stand there. So yeah. have you guys seen the bedazzled butthole thing that there is for cats? What, you can bedazzle uh, a cat? Butthole? Google it. Yeah, let's not, let's, let's like digress away from this, but later today and anyone listening to this, this exists and people do this. They put a little dot, it's like, so like a butt plug? I don't know. It's like a little sticky. I thought you said we were digressing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. It's, it's I was real. promised digression. Yep. Sparkle. Bling on put some if you want to put the bling on it. Oh my god. My girlfriend. Her cat so her cat, Todd, um he has a very, very prominent butthole. And uh, he he also had um, a slight problem recently. He was like um, allergic to something or, or something like this. And he was like, he would groom himself until like all the fur came off his back legs and his tail and stuff. Oh, Jesus. Mm. So it was more I know, He wasn't in any pain and he's better now. He got some medication for it. But it was so strange because he, he the whole back half of this cat <laughs> was basically completely bald apart from his tail, like the half of his tail. And then just like a small circle of hair around his little protruding <laughs> bottle. <laughs> so, uh, That's oh, like man, a monk, she would love but... that. Yeah, she would love to be able to decorate his butthole. He's grown his hair back now, but I, I still think that um, he seems fairly proud of it. So I think he'd appreciate a, a bit of uh, bedazzlement. Where do you do? Yeah. Do you have to do it yourself, though? Or can you do it, go to like a salon? <laughs> the cat's not going to do it himself. I don't know. You can't I... get your cat to bedazzle their own butt. And it's not <laughs> sanitary. Robbie. No, but there, also... might be like, there might be like a lady that does it or something. Well, they got to be temporary because it's like you can't just plug that thing up <laughs> no. unless you got a second you know well there oh, you go yeah. there you go oh my god Body sound mods. design on uh sludge life is really good ah thanks man yeah i really enjoyed it i was playing through now i haven't played through the whole thing yet because i'm saving it for the stream Ooh, um, i'm excited but i've played through quite a bit of it and i think one of my favorite parts so far like i would stop i stop and i I go back and i listen there's a bunch of these these large um i don't know canister things and they each have like a different tone and sound it sounds like or when i'm near them this kind of this kind of ambient music happens it's not really music but it's not not and i really enjoy that um it reminded me of your work on uh on heavy bullets as well but that really like that in environment music. Yeah, because when Terry sent it to me and it had no sound, it was the first mm-hmm. game that I played 
that had no sound yet. And I was like, I'm kind of digging some of this shit. I would, I would like some of this to have no sound. Because if you're a depressed kid and you actually don't walk... It, actually, it hit me when I didn't know anything and Terry didn't tell me shit. So I just... Instead of... I immediately walked out of the first canister and I saw the whole island. And I was like, I'm going to walk the other way. And I just kept walking into the sludge. And I was like, this is so depressing. So it's like, what is this? And so I, I wanted to really like have it show this space. And, you know, have you found out there's like moody music playing from the radios out in all the sludge? Yeah. And they're all kind of supposed to be like lookout points where like a kid can feel poetic, you know, if he's stuck on an island. I don't know. So we tried to find that line and then the rest was kind of, I don't know. It was, it was kind of a challenge, some of it, because the sparseness, Terry, mm-hmm. Terry and I had to iterate a lot on core sound effect, like beat, and, uh, yeah, yeah. spray paint sound and yeah, notice yeah. tags. Did- like, like. Just because you walk around so much that your footsteps become like the thing you hear the most kind of thing? Yeah. In, I, in silence? I kept yeah. saying to Terry, like, uh, I don't know, man. Why is this graffiti writer like stomping around like a, <laughs> like, I don't know. I felt like a, a kid, like when a little boy puts on his mom's high heels. Like, <laughs> there was just, if the volume wasn't perfectly right, it's like, what kind of graffiti kid is this? Like, you know, he's like clomping around all this shit. So there was like a a subtlety to the presence, you know, that uh, was bugging me for a while because it just was killing. Even though the game's not about being a walking simulator and being hyper-realistic, there was something about it that really, like, broke immersion and that and It's about the mood, right? Yeah, basically. Do you know, do you know like, Ghost is Ghost? Why he tags a ghost? No. No. Because I had this other prototype and one of the enemies was a ghost. And I was like, I'm just going to use this image. And then I never changed it. And it just became ghost. It was perfect. Nice. <laughs> That's amazing, dude. Was, that, was, that was nice. It was, I didn't have to come up with anything. It was done. But, You'd already done it. Yeah. Where did the... Had you, had you wanted to do something based around graffiti for a while or was that just were you just kind of like playing around with ideas and then that just was something that stuck well i'm when i'm making levels and stuff it's hard to not think about graffiti because you know i I live in sao paulo and it's like everything is graffiti it's just normal and you kind of get used to it and Mm. but that's kind of hard to do and it's kind of usually pretty i don't want to say it's terrible in video games but it's kind of weird like it doesn't usually doesn't look like graffiti would look like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, they just write like, oh, we are all going to die or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The zombies are this way. Yeah. Don't open the door. It also notoriously looks bad when, like, I can tell they got, like, back in the day, get, like, cause graffiti and put it in Tony Hawk. It just, it, Uh there's something about the integration of it. It looks slapped on and there's no, uh, Again, these games aren't about reality, but there's something about it that always looks like a decal. Whereas a billboard in video games, that shit always comes across well. But yeah. like actual <laughs> scrawl. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think I had a prototype where you could actually paint whatever you wanted, but it wasn't that fun. And yeah. I just, you know, I didn't think virtual painting was that interesting. 
as mm. yeah you know as ha- being a character and exploring and just the painting itself being just a click on the right spot and yeah up. they're different for each location though right you've got them customized to like where you're spraying it they match kind of a little bit yeah the, the, there are variations which are in context to where you're painting and there are also combos that you can do with the other writers in, in the island and that yeah. was a total <laughs> that was an organic progression to that too where we were just it was the moments where we were talking about earlier where like the mechanics sort of need to all come together as the game finishes and we were like well what is with these last and i terry and i were going back and forth and i was just like you should what if you did combo tags after you unlock these dudes because then it adds a realism to like these taggers liking you and gaining respect because we were just trying to find a resolve for having respect because that we weren't again trying to make like this thing that graffiti writers are going to play this and be like these dudes really fucking wrote graffiti but we already have that game it's called mark echoes whatever (laughs) graffiti skater yeah so (laughs) no but it was there is something about respect that is the perfect progression map mechanic you know for graffiti writing is not like a bubble where it's just you right you're getting on the street and there's other other people under you know you gotta deal with everyone else you know yeah so does that kind of come from personal experience a little bit anyways yeah for me i mean my stupid rap name is my graffiti name and i was a tagger before I was, it was my first creativity and we basically, everything was like a, uh, an appetizer of violence as opposed to an entree of getting in a fist fight, you know? So we started to, before we knew we were doing it, just do slightly creative things. Eventually I started rapping after that. So that's how I reference it for Sledge Life is, this is more like a homage to graffiti because Terry and I, it was like a gateway drug for us to get into our own creativity and game dev obviously you know but so yeah similar yeah i've done murals a lot but not like um every illegal thing on the street i would get really anxious i've done a bit but it wasn't like my thing but doing murals i met a lot of people who were really into graffiti and it was just fun to see how that world was yeah yeah i've never done Hmm. any any sort of like naughty graffiti Now's the time, Robbie. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> now I can, now I can do I'm so I'm so enamored by virtual graffiti. I don't feel like I need to do real graffiti. MS I did, I did design I did design a tag when I was a teenager though, when I was a skateboarder. Nice. Cool dude. Yeah, but I never actually tagged it anywhere. Nowhere public. You never anywhere. tagged cool dude anywhere? <laughs> I tagged cool dude everywhere. And then cool. everyone was like, Oh, that's Robbie, we know who that is and everyone was my friend. <laughs> But um, yeah, no, I haven't. I never did any any sort of tagging or anything like that. I actually had a a really pivotal moment in my art career when I was in like I just started rapping in Cincinnati, like and finding all the people that became my team. And there was a really intense, amazing graffiti scene there. And I still tagged all the way from high school up to this point in my twenties. And there was this dude Five who was the dopest graffiti writer I've ever met. He would like stake out a building you would want to paint for five nights and then paint it by pouring buckets like you know uh 
horizontally or vertically down the front of these buildings. And he just was so dope and did it with all his heart. I literally saw one of his pieces and I was like, I'm not a fucking graffiti writer. I should find something that I'm as good at as this motherfucker is at doing this. And it just, yeah. you know, cause the, what Terry was saying, the anxiety of getting arrested and all that shit, it gets, and wanting to outdo yourself artistically, you eventually get yourself arrested. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. all that. And it's not a bad thing. It's just how that shit works. And I kind of, yeah. that shit was getting old. And then I just saw this dude. He was so brilliant. And I was like, oh, that's his bag. I should find my bag. <laughs> and then I started taking rap more seriously. And that led to whatever else. It is, it is fucking nuts. You know, when you, I mean, we all live in cities, but walking around the city and some of the places where you see graffiti oh yeah you know like you kind of you maybe don't you maybe see it and go wow that looks really cool but it takes you a minute unless you sort of stand there and look at it for a while and you think how the fuck did they get up there like and how long did that take and Mm. stuff and it's just like it's it's fascinating and you and you're probably never ever gonna know who that person was either they may not. Even... They wrote their fucking name on the bridge. Not... Oh, You'll yeah. know their name. They wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they're so. What's the they're... whole goddamn point, Rob? Oh, but they're so illegible. Why can't they write <laughs> nice and legibly so I can read it? The it's scribble, just, scrabble. It's, un- it's unfortunate. But anyway, but no, and uh, I think that's what's quite fun. Another reason, just to tie it back into uh, playing Sludge Life, is that like that's 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 built into your experience of playing the game because you are just kind of like bouncing around this world being like oh i wonder how i can get up there and then Mm -hmm. you can get up there and it turns out oh there's a tag on the back of this building or whatever and then you can kind of do stuff and i that just kind of like set me off thinking about it's like oh yeah this must be like not that this is how like oh this is how graffiti artists see the world like they just see (laughs) blank canvases all over but I mean, there's an element of that I expect. It's you know, not if untrue. You just kind of like, if you've just got ideas in your head, or maybe like you just see a perfect spot and just suddenly, you know, some inspiration strikes or something. Um, I had that in Boston. Of... Like we were walking around Boston, and there's like at least the place where we were staying near the the, the PAX conference, there was mm-hmm. no graffiti at all, like zero, and we were like. W- what what's going on why why is no one there's a spot right here like yeah. right there why did no one do that yet what's what's going on is this like a policed well policed area or what what's and i think it's just the culture of the place i guess yeah hmm. it's it near new york right new york been... had a weird history with graffiti where it was like it was huge and then i don't know if it was like a governor i i don't know what the history is but like they really cracked down on street art, I guess. Yeah, it was Koch. Yeah. And it was the same time that it, you know, blew up because there was, I was just watching Style Wars the other night and like all that, just Fab Five Freddy and Keith Haring and uh, Basquiat, all those dudes and Ramel Z, one of the first rapper graffiti writers. Those dudes, man, they started this art like illegally and because it was New York and honestly, people are douchey, although it was worthy of it. It was like sort of, it was just, it blew up and then yeah, it became, yeah. but all the people I was reading in this book, everyone that was going to make Style Wars, the movie, 
all the publishers and producers, as well as these famous photographers of graffiti, they couldn't get anything published because all the old uh, crackers that ran everything were like, I'm not, that's illegal, that's a crime. I'm not going to publish or create. And then that energy just stayed, even when rap blew up and was accepted because of Fat Boys, Run DMC, Beastie Boys. Yeah. Graffiti was still, you know, it's totally illegal and man, all that shit. It's so fucking stupid, man. Like, we've got... Uh, right, so classic mainstream example right now, right? Pop cultural phenomenon. Like in the UK, we have Banksy, right? Everybody Ooh, right. in the whole fucking world knows who Banksy is, and everyone is obsessed. Yep. Like dumb fucking upper middle class people are obsessed with having Banksy canvases, you know, up on their walls and shit like that. Um, and yet, there's still this just bizarre prejudice against. Absolutely. Like in graffiti, it's just, it's constantly viewed as vandalism. And I just, I've never been able to understand it. Like, there's a difference. There's a difference. You can tell when somebody has just intentionally vandalized something. You should check out this Pixo documentary that uh, Terry sent me while we were working, because that shit just blew my mind. I was unaware. But there's like a lot of it where it's like, hey, it's art, it's not art, it's vandalism or whatever. But there's like a whole culture where there's like, it's not art, it's vandalism. We're trying to do vandalism. That's, That's our goal. Right. We don't want you to like yeah. it. We don't want you to be okay with it. That's like the right. whole thing. With the... Is it? Is it kind of like, is it like politically motivated? Or... Uh, no, it's the, it's their own shit, man. It's, it's, it's their just thing, art yeah. for the sake of it, yeah. Yeah, but Icon- they, iconoclasty? Yeah, they exactly. Do... And it's yeah. P-I-X-O. It's largely in Brazil. And like, dude, there's a moment in the doc that I watched that Terry sent me where one, there's a dude who writes Pixo and he can't read. He can fucking only read Pixo. So it's a whole language. It's based on heavy metal lettering, like the Iron Maiden logo (laughs) and cuneiform. And it's like the expression of it is about society. Um, This is white boy words and not what they say, but it's like basically the fucking scribble that society makes when it explodes and it's a language in and of itself. It's like intense. It's completely intense. There's nothing frilly or hands. It's crazy. Even though it like has to look a certain way, it's not about mm. craft almost even it's fucking awesome. Is it available? Can you, did you just like stream it or something? Is it online? Is it on YouTube? Oh, or it's on YouTube. Is it Probably. on YouTube? I'm not uh, sure. If we find that, if I can find the link, um, we'll make sure we stick it in the description yeah. for this episode, so the listeners can go and watch it. So there's like a lot of a lot of different takes on graffiti or you know vandalism, street art. There's a lot of sides to it, like Banksy. To me, he, he he would be great like in an ad agency. That's his thing. He's like an ad guy, but doing <laughs> yeah. Murals. Oh yeah, yeah. His is he's, he's he's all about yeah. It's it's striking. It's intent. It's intended to uh, <clears throat> cause a you know. But it's a, yeah. A it's a reaction in people. You know. It's like um, so yeah. Like I agree totally, hundred percent. Yeah, it's graffiti for people who don't like graffiti or street or needs like a hook. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Can I get a wider version? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But that model, was... the original model of that kind of changed my life, though. Like, the dude's, like, giant and shit who did... So that is now entirely played out as well, of course. But when that yeah. dude started, all that shit was illegal. It was fucking everywhere. It was literally, he was doing it and had other people doing it. You would see it and be like, how the fuck did they do that? And it was the execution, the illegality, and then the artistry of it because it was the beginning of obtuse, non-name-based graffiti. Because, yeah. like, that was, that's pop art to me. So that was, like, when graffiti yeah. took itself back a little. And all that shit, man, the first time I started noticing that, I literally was, like, the most jealous of an artist's fucking swag I've ever been. Where I was like, oh, my God, how'd they get up there? How are they that dope? And how are they totally illegal? And I want, you know, it just made me feel like I was in a healthy competition with dope art that was unsanctioned and that I could do myself. That's the coolest thing about graffiti is a lot of people don't see it through the layers, but it's the most DIY shit (laughs) because you can get in all that trouble yourself, but you got to do the rest completely on your fucking own, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's pretty cool, man. Unlike a lot of industries and final art output. That art output, you're like already, you skip the distributor. It's pretty, it's a whole, it's cool, man. I hope it never goes away. I was really surprised. Uh, Rasmus came to visit me in Austin uh, one year and I was showing him around and he's from Sweden. You guys know Rasmus, but yeah, of course. Listening, he's from Sweden. And I was having a really hard time being like, what the fuck do I show? Like, I've never given someone a tour of austin before like i I don't know like what do people want to see it turns out grocery stores are a big deal for people from other countries american grocery stores oh yeah Yeah. and the graffiti like i ended up showing off a lot of graffiti that i loved around austin and it was it was it was surprising to me that that ended up being like one of the things i was like oh yeah this place has this really cool stuff that makes you think this stuff is i don't know and like this stuff is encouraging like it was it was just yeah, but that's kind of this weird now. Art that's everywhere. But with Instagram, those spots got really weird. Like, there's a few near where I live, and you go there now. It's just people in line to take a picture oh, of the yeah. mural. That's. But then this is Robbie's point. Right? This is the acceptance of it on a like uh, usable level, but not the acceptance on the level at which it exists, thrives, and expands. You know, so it's still being suppressed even though it's being like um sprinkled like what's the himalayan salt on everything it's yeah like the it's new... like there's you you have to you have to like this is there's a threshold it's like yeah. this is the acceptable palatable street art that uh we all coo at and people have their photos taken with and then oh this shit over here is just like oh no this is just uh this is just an example i don't think they're different an example they? of uh uh, this is where like a, a a different class typically a lower class of you know people live right. and they destroy their surroundings you know because they I don't think you know underestimate the... the upper class's ability to feed on the artistic integrity of the lower <laughs> it's class it's quite natural. Yeah, well this is what i mean they they're capable of elevating certain things that they deem no they can't elevate they it. deem uh no in their perception of things they're elevating <laughs> things that they they deem uh you know fucking acceptable or whatever when in actuality they're just they're the ones that are just kind of like watering the whole shit down yeah. for everybody well i met it, this this writer once he's his name is kr and he's from new york he's like a big old school dude og and he was in sao paulo and he paints with 
like fire extinguishers. He just fills yeah. it with paint and he just bombs the whole. So I met him here and then I was in New York and I, I actually ran into him on the street. And he was like, oh, he gave me like a pen. He, he makes pens. His pens are great, but crank. And he was like, nice to see you here. Don't tag. Don't do it. Like, not worth it. Just take care of yourself. Don't tag anywhere because New York is weird now. And it was like, this dude is big. Everyone knows him. And we're on his town and he's telling like, don't do it. Like, it's it's done. Right. It's over. That was the straight dope he wanted to give you was like, yeah, don't do yeah, it, dude. Yeah. And I'm, an, I'm a G. Yeah. Wow. Why, why was that? Why? Just because. You busted. Because it, you get busted. And like, uh, right. he knew you were tourists. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll put you in jail for a night or whatever they, yeah uh, and you, if you're not american you you get on a plane back home or whatever yeah Oof, just for shit. tagging or whatever and this was wow. so the interesting thing about when terry sent me the pixo documentary it's because we had been talking a bit about like i was we were going back and forth on like um how much do we make this a lesson in graffiti and how much do we make it just love graffiti you know yeah. and so mm. He showed me the Pixo and I had never seen that shit. And I was like, dude, this is the most nihilist post graffiti shit I've ever seen. Let's not make this all about graffiti. You know what yeah. I mean? And then from there, so all we did actually, we made a really slight um, but cool concession. We just made each of the other taggers one aspect of doing graffiti because we realized there were these seven or eight or a million. And instead of like, integrating them respectfully into the game to show you how to do it yourself, bro. We decided we would just give them a shout out by being the personality that these taggers reference, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so the goblin Uzi is like the anarchist, which is the shout to the day I watched the pixel thing, you know? So it's basically, you know, and I feel like that was actually, it made the game more free. It made everything more gettable. And it was like, you know, Again, it's all about the love we have for graffiti yeah. and like creativity. There was, there was that point where we were like, at least I was like, let's not even use the word graffiti ever in the game. I don't think we ever used hmm. graffiti, but we were like, let's not even pitch it to people as a graffiti game. We say, graffiti but that's like impossible. Like... Yeah, like the person just looks at it and it's like, oh, graffiti. Like, yeah. we couldn't avoid it. Uh, you guys have worked together for a while now on several different projects and it sounds like you've got a pretty good rapport going on how you do these things uh how'd y'all how'd y'all how'd y'all start working together oh man best story it was heavy bullets and um i had signed with devolver and i needed the music and those was the guy and that was and, it it was like super easy yeah and it was it super just... game jam i had just i hadn't even done uh, anything really except being introduced to Nigel and the crew and I did the super game jam music and then Nigel was like hey we got this game and then I went to E3 because Heavy Bullets was there and Terry and I met for the first time and that was the same E3 where I snuck the Gungeon guys on the lot to pitch Gungeon so yeah I think I so, was there that year yeah and it was were, all yeah, basically you guys. yeah it was friend network yeah, that was my first year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my first year as well. Oh, I remember now. I remember <laughs> yeah, being beginning. there when it was like you two guys had first met. And then I was, I remember speaking to someone else and I was like, oh yeah, these guys are making a game and they only just met today. Yep. And, uh, and then I'll tell like... you what uh, Terry said to me that I'll never forget. And I, 
I don't know if I changed the words to make it more poetic, but it's, I was like, dude, he was telling me, because I just knew he did these Hotline Miami gifts, which are how he got, I guess Dennis was looking to work with Terry. And then Terry told Nigel, hey, I also have a game. So I didn't really yeah. know that. And I didn't know that Terry did these insane murals and all this other fucking art. And I was like, he started telling me. And I was like, well, dude, how'd you start making games? And he was like, I taught myself Unity because I couldn't get enough art in these walls and all this other art. And then I was like, oh my God, because I'm totally self-taught too. And so just meeting Terry, I was like, this is my motherfucker. So the rest <laughs> is like, you know, because actually I feel uh, the most comfortable and full of potential working with Terry because we're both a little more outsider in the game dev universe, even though we have mm. insider friends now and we are officially insiders or whatever it is. There's something to it, man, where I, I just it's really easy to get Terry's back and it's really easy to feel like Terry has mine in the space that we need in. Yeah. I mean, I th well, I think, yeah, I think you're right to say that you guys, um, you know, are slightly outside the box. Cause that's why, that's why we can slightly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but that's, that's why we, you know, like working with you guys. And that's why, like when uh, you were saying earlier, about uh, how when you started working on the game, it was never supposed to be a game that you would work on for two years. You know, it was right. never really going to be like a big commercial thing. But then, you know, when we started, when we came on board to start working with you guys on it, like that was what we wanted to help with. You know, it's like uh, it doesn't have to be not every game that we work on or publish is like has like necessarily like a, a huge financial goal at the end of it a lot of a, a lot of it is about just working with people that we love working with who have cool mm. creative ideas that we think you know more people will, will enjoy and should enjoy um and you know and putting that on a pedestal and yeah. um yeah and that's exactly what you guys do you know and particularly with this game where there's like there's no combat there's not real you know there's no real sort of like uh linear story you can sort of pick it up and put it down as you please play it in every any way you want um that's really cool that's an experience that not many people will have had in video games before and and this conversation as well talking about you know kind of all of the inspiration behind um you know being into graffiti um, and exploring all the, you know, the, the themes surrounding that. Um, and but you know, not making it explicitly about graffiti, but just kind of like, yeah, having that, that little sprinkling in there, meeting the different artists and they all have different attitudes and maybe that will encourage people to kind of like be, well, oh, maybe I should look into this a bit further or maybe well, we got to like, in some way. We got to leave freedom in the game because we didn't have to override it with fucking forced climax or weapon upgrades mm -hmm. or all this shit and i think that the really the thing that i'm super grateful for devolver for is just generally the reward for a game like this would be it doesn't do financially amazing it's kind of a word of mouth thing and the reward for that is probably don't ever spend two years on something that interesting ever again and that <laughs> is not the yeah. lesson i'll be straight up that <laughs> is not the lesson that artists like uh, Terry and myself and so many of the beautiful people we know in games, that's not the one they deserve to get sent down the pipe when it's actually another lesson. And so 
Nigel specifically believing in us, making all this happen, actually means that no matter, and Epic for hooking us up, basically no matter what, we're going to fuck with this style again. And we're yeah. going to put as much energy as we want to put into it. It may be completely different. It may take one year. It may, who knows what it is, but it took the, the only problem with Sludge Life was that we were scared. We waste, we spent too much time on something cool that wouldn't uh, stack enough chips against its height and coolness. And at the end of the day now, we're good on that. And I think it allows us to abandon that fear and always fuck with something more interesting, which guarantees that we send it to Fork Parker and he's like, this is pretty interesting. And it, it actually abeds a real healthy cycle as opposed to, you know, rubbing it in people's face that they made something cool. <laughs> yeah. I think two things. Um, it's helpful that it's just the two of us. If it was a big yes. thing that we had to pay everyone's set paychecks and if it fails, everyone yeah. is fired. That that would be way harder to try anything different. Yep. Also not coming from a lot of experience in creative mediums that are not video games. You really get an appreciation for the industry, even with all the, the problems that it has. Yep. Like you can actually make whatever stupid game you want and it might work out like it's possible where yeah. other mediums like you just don't have the option i remember graham talking about one time about kind of niche and with games and like a small team can make a game and because people bought because people will actually buy independent games um you can make something and there's such a market and people just go online and they find it and you can do okay with it yeah. Like, yep. like, yeah. Like, even if you didn't have Devolver and you didn't, you know, weren't signing big deals, but like, like it's really possible in this field. Uh, and I, I guess I want to confirm this is what you're saying that it's really possible in this field as an indie to actually do okay. You're not not everybody's going to be a fucking millionaire, but to do well and actually make money, make a reasonable amount of money making the art that you want to make. Yeah. And yep. every game comes with the thing that we had with Sludge Life, though. I talk about this with Brent from Gungeon a lot. And we have really profound, lasting conversations about this. But it's basically like there's a time where you have to make some decisions about ways you could make this game that would allow this game to make even more money. And generally, that involves how it plays into the most prevalent play patterns right now. So roguelike at a point. Uh Blah, 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 you know, 3D, VR. There's all these aspects of what broadens an audience. And usually, like, you can put that in music, but there's no guarantee it's going to get to that audience. Somehow with games, mm -hmm. the industry is still healthy enough that if you add these aspects to it and truthfully market it, FPS people will find it. So it's very, like, it's really interesting. You know, it's actually, like, it's a market that's still alive and you can, because, like, with music, what Terry was saying, you can, you can spend a million dollars on an album and there's just, there's no industry to support it making that much money. You know, it costs a dollar for a song. Just everything is different. And games, yeah. games, you can still be a dev and work your ass off and do well. And then there's other examples though, of like straight up masterclass genius games that do not bring in the quarter. And that is always yeah. a tragedy. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Omnibus. Yes. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, so, as a like, if you, I was doing a lot of 
illustration and really what were you going to do like that was nothing you mm. just waited for some brand to hire you to make some advertising thing or you could try to become a fine artist and you know try to get into the galleries cycle or whatever you know it's it's yeah. you feel like it, there's nothing yep with games you yeah. you can fail but there's something there that you you can get it on on people's faces and you know i want to ask you terry uh you make a lot more games than you put out for sale is that correct i yeah no i don't finish the games right I just... sure <laughs> sure i mean that's that's the decision you say okay this one is like the one we got to finish because yeah. we're going to put the extra effort in time because it's going to sell or whatever but you make a lot of i guess this is uh because i you're indie and i really like i when i when people ask like because i do the discord and people are like how do i do this how do i do this and the thing i always want to tell people is keep fucking making games don't try to like don't get married to the first game you start making but keep making a lot of games and i guess i'd like to to hear your thoughts on like what like why why do you make so many games what is, what is that experience like well at some point you just gotta experiment until something clicks and you can kind of see the project as a whole and commit to it and that takes experimenting i guess it's like sketching or drawing or something like that but um, I don't even make that many compared to some other people. I'm just, when I commit, I usually stick to it just so I don't give up on it. But um, yeah. it's just a process. But I did, when I first started making games, it took probably a couple of years until I had something that was interesting enough to even show. I was just, before that, it was just like learning, learning process. Mm. Yeah. So you, you definitely have to experiment yeah. a lot yeah do you um do you guys often share ideas with each other you know kind of while they're still incubating or while they're still sort of fresh or do you just kind of do you wait to uh, reach out to each other when you've got something a bit more tangible hmm. well with these projects i've been finding how i can get to that point where i know the game is gonna get finished and at that point i like to involve other people including those just because i don't want to start throwing prototypes around and just ditching them after someone else has worked on them yeah i always mm. the way i describe it is like terry is uh you know maybe what i was talking about earlier a little more outsider from the industry but like jw and Bo, like if it doesn't feel right it's not a video game. and terry sends it to me i feel i get these games the day after the feel Terry is like, yep, yeah, this feels right. And then I get it. And then a whole shitload changes about both games. But it's done. Like, that hard part of making a thing other people will like playing is done. But somehow, you know? Kind of like the ingredients are all in the bowl, so to speak. Yeah. Because mm. the problem with for me as a developer, for getting someone else's idea and trying to make it happen is that i'll run into a problem if i'm not super interested in solving it i get stuck like i hit a wall and then i end up just dropping the project i, mm -hmm. I quickly realized this and then i just 
I don't even really think the game through when I start working on it. I just start playing out with like a mechanic and then I'll start mm-hmm. seeing the game and then once I have that in place, at least the basic systems, then I'll I'll get those in. And then we just work on it a lot before pitching to the Volvo or whatever. Kind of process. Okay, I should probably point out that from now on we do expect... Uh, multiple buttholes in every game that you oh. pitched us. At least. Yep. Easter egg. We're doing it. <laughs> I don't want Easter eggs coming out of double buttholes. That sounds oh. bad for the Oh, I and smell that... money. I smell money in that <laughs> idea. That's not money, Robbie. That's... <laughs> Is that what money smells like to you? <laughs> it's, <not laughs> it's like Robbie. The A best wet money Easter smells egg. like buttholes. <laughs> yeah. I don't think eggs come out the butthole. <laughs> they come out of cloacas. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, That's we it. had this conversation once before. Okay, great. That was in our first podcast. <laughs> Bring it all we, back. we cleared that up on the first podcast. Don't worry. Okay, great. If you insert the egg into the butthole, then it will come out. Oh shit! <laughs> Only if you're lucky. So don't Busted. Google it, but they do have ovipositors that you can buy mm. um, oh. if you want to have the feeling of. Uh, of firing an egg. Okay, if you really want something you should not Google, it's Steven Tyler's toes. There you go. Resist. Try and resist that, everybody listening. And if you Google it right away, you'll see why it's worth it. How am I supposed to resist Steven Tyler's toes? Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. It's very real. If it's anything like his face, they've got to be hard. Mm, They're pretty intense, man. But he, what I like about him is he's toe proud. He doesn't give a fuck. Mm. There's like, there's multiple pictures of him with them things out. Doing stuff. Good for him. Oh, shit. Oh, you did it. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't resist. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good Google. It's a good Google. Because you're done right away. You just look at the top and you're done. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone. Yeah. He's uh, he's making a wish. Yes. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm done. Uh, is there anything you fellas want to share with us uh, before we wrap this uh, wrap this whole thing up? Enjoy Sludge Life. I want to say I really appreciate everyone who uh, buys indie video games and everyone who supports Devolver religiously because I think we make that style of game, and so I really appreciate that there's an audience intact for that to be received by. So if I never see you at a PAX, if I haven't yet, I love you. Yeah, thanks for, for waiting as well. I know that people were... The Discord audience was really pushing for the tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Shout out to Kung Fu for just telling them tomorrow for the past month. Yes, absolutely. The, shout out to you. That one guy doing great. I, I think it's a guy. I don't know if it's a guy. But doing great fan art of the characters. Mm. Yeah. That was yeah. awesome as well. Thanks to that dude. Yeah, man. That piece I saw today. You're in the... So good. Terry, you're in the Discord, right? You should come say hello on release day and... Yeah, I'll do it on release day. I didn't want to come by. I I did, sure, sure. I saw everything earlier, but I I had a like, I knew they were gonna ask about release dates, and I was gonna be like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, you got to keep it on the. I'll do it yeah. too, Jay. I just get uh, I have old man disease with Discord, and I would get lost, and Terry would have to send me shit from the Discord. I'm not sure why I couldn't <laughs> find it. The next game is a quest to find Dose in Discord. <laughs> yes. 
Dose cord. <laughs> Signed. Dose one is lost in Discord. Can you find him? Unold him. Help unold Dose. <laughs> it's lost in this crappy chat thing. It's just black. You know slack. what was forgotten how to rap. That's yeah. right. <laughs> well, that's amazing. Um, well, you can jump into Discord today because this is like when this is out and people listen to it. That's why oh, I'll be there right now. Available. It's all right. Available right now on Epic Store for free. And tomorrow. And, and tomorrow, some, all the tomorrows. And all of the tomorrows. Yep. And where can um, where can people find you guys? Or have you got any um, uh, social media or websites that you want to link people up with? Shops. Love no. Life. No? Cool. No. <laughs> Shopsledgelife.com? Yeah. Shop if you oh, follow... Yeah. Oh, I'm just gonna say Terry this on Twitter. I check his Twitter, so and he he runs <laughs> mine. So just I want to say something. Do what you want. Go. If you don't get the the Siggy hat now, and then you ask us for a reprint, we're not gonna reprint it. You have to buy it now. That's right. Don't don't wait around. There's no That's tomorrow. Right. Yeah, that was just like a promo thing. We're not like a new brand. Just if you want it, get it now. Yeah. We've had a lot of uh, requests for reprints of the Siggy uh, baby onesies because those sold out so oh. fast at PAX. And, and the yeah. baby cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah, Lil Tyke cigarettes. <laughs> they were you can make those at home, though. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, if you're going to... Tobacco and paper, kids. Yeah, yeah. if you're going to smoke with your infant, you should do hand-rolls because you just... At least you know where the tobacco's from. Right? Yeah, plus... Yeah, and plus, like their their drool that you can like you can uh, get them to moisten the paper for you, so you can stick it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, you can follow Devolver Digital for more amazing insight into the world of cigarette rolling at Devolver Digital mm-hmm. on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can. Subscribe to the Devolver Digital Forecast on mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, um, forkcast.devolverdigital.com, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is uh, F O R K C A S T dot D E V O L V E R D I G I T A L dot C O M. Robbie! I stole your bit. You stole my bit. <laughs> you stole my bit. <laughs> Stop, thief. Oh, no. Okay, right. You, you... Luckily, Robbie was an orphan owned by the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. You can talk. Uh, thanks so much for doing uh, the show with us, guys. It's really great of you to come on. Hey, it's great. Thank it was almost like time. hanging out. I love you guys. It's great to talk. Oh, Let's do it too. again tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah. And tomorrow, Same time. and tomorrow, <laughs> and tomorrow. Well, we here at Devolver Digital appreciate that the currency of our age is attention. Thank you so much for yours, ladies and gentlemen. Gentle ladies and ladmen, goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye. Devolver. Oh.